And so yesterday, we discovered that the eighth most expensive city for housing in the world is Tauranga, where it takes more than nine times the median annual income to buy a median house. We also heard that Auckland was not far, uh, not too far behind. In fact, only 0.1 behind at nine. And the lowest ratio was Manawatu, which was sitting at five. Now, by the way, it was not widely reported yesterday that using the Demographia rating system, uh, they believe that the affordable level for housing in the globe is three times the median income and under. And then they've got a whole lot of bands. And in fact, they say anything over five they class as severely unaffordable. Just saying, everywhere they looked at in New Zealand was over five. Just saying, just about everywhere in this beautiful country, in the eyes of demographia, is classed as severely unaffordable. So obviously the headlines were full of New Zealand's housing affordability crisis. We did a little bit of talk back on it. But then as I left the studio, I discovered on my desk... Uh, that an Auckland councillor had come into our building and personally dropped off a copy of a book that he had written, and he dropped off a copy to every single on-staff member. There was one for me and Mike and Kerry and Larry and everybody. The councillor's name is Greg Sayers, and his book is called How to Fix Auckland's Housing Crisis. But, you know, the problems he documents in the book are spreading so much and so far that I would rename it New Zealand's housing crisis because, basically, it's happening everywhere these days. Greg, that's something to think about if you're doing a reprint. Go for a bigger market, mate. I give you this advice for free. Anyway, it's a pretty good read. 166 pages, and in it, it highlights the problems that have been caused by population growth, both national and immigrated Sorry, natural, I should say. Uh, Population growth, both natural and immigrated. Uh, The lack of foresight uh, that we've had with planning in all our councils. The excessive bureaucracy at both national and local level that has made things so expensive from building materials to, you know, resource consents. It also documents all the social problems that have come with this housing affordability crisis in terms of poverty, uh, what's happening to the elderly, what's happened with our transport problems. It's, It's pretty good. But I think we've all become pretty good at talking about the problems. What we really need is a genius with some answers. So Greg's book has four solutions in its conclusion. He wants home buyers to be able to insure their property against poor workmanship. Which makes sense. Because at the moment, you've got the cautiousness of our councils over regulations and, and, and building inspections and all that. That's because they hold all the risk. They've got to deal with all the risk management. Uh, sloppy houses built, well, then the developers and the builders all you know, make themselves bankrupt. The last person standing is always the council. It costs millions, tens of millions every year to fix these things up. Councils have to pay for it. Maybe we should be able to privately insure our property against that poor workmanship, and that might reduce some of the council costs. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's a pretty good idea. Uh, he'd also like to see developers given the option of developing their own infrastructure rather than having to connect to the council's monopoly on services. In other words, a little bit of a deregulation. Each suburb has its own infrastructure system. Whether that will create a workable citywide system, maybe a little debatable. And the other issue is whether you trust developers. Nothing personal developers. But some of you, from time to time, have been known to shave a little off the budgets to help the margins in a little bit of a crisis, which might make for a fairly shoddy stormwater system 
if you see what I mean. There's a risk. Greg's uh, third idea is to see user pays infrastructure development. This is happening at Mildale suburb, where homeowners pay a little off yearly for their infrastructure on their new build, rather than having it all piled on to the initial purchase price. Now that's a good idea, so good it's already happening. But his biggest thing of the four ideas from Greg Sayers is getting rid of the rural-urban boundary. And I'm afraid that's where he loses me, because I've heard people say this right the way through the crisis. It makes for sprawling, raggedy development if you had no boundary anywhere. Yes, he says, you know, class one and class two productive land should be ring-fenced off. But it means that just the cities just sprawl and sprawl and sprawl. It would give some short-term relief, but it would create long-term problems. In fact, I'd argue that the transport problems we have in a number of our cities is entirely because of unfettered sprawl at the edges. But here's the thing. Good on Greg for raising these issues again. Good on Greg for coming into the radio station to tell us their ideas and put it down on paper, 166 pages of it. It's a good read. I'm going to put on my Facebook page a link so you can buy it. It's $19.95. I have to say that councils have taken advantage of Phil Twyford's desire over the past year to solve all our housing woes single-handedly. And debates about what the councils do and the efficiencies that they could have have ebbed away. The one thing I definitely know about our housing affordability crisis is that not one person caused it and not one person will solve it.